Welcome to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we discuss dating and other significant relationships. Great evening, great evening. Hola, papi. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. And tonight, I'm really excited, uh, Poppy, for our topic uh, because I'm sort of in this uh, in this space, if you will. Um, you know, we share a lot about our own personal journey. And tonight, we're talking about um, diving into yourself in order to create healthy relationships. And I was really excited about this. I've been listening to a really great um therapist counselor on youtube uh let me find her name for everyone um heidi heidi Preeb. and if you have not heard about heidi Preeb, um uh, she's probably got well over two hundred thousand followers um but she's a therapist who talks about all types of um issues um attachment issues and relationships um neediness um just ways to help you improve yourself before either before embarking on a relationship or even during a relationship so let me ask you this uh poppy we'll just jump right on in if you had to look back like on a significant relationship in your life what would you have done differently knowing yourself at this point? What would you have advised young Jorge to do differently? Oh man, there's, there's uh, several things to consider. Um, I will say that when I got um, separated and then obviously divorced, um, I jumped right into the fray, mm-hmm. um, you know, once I moved out of the house, which, uh, looking back at that, um, that was not a shrewd idea or a good move, but, um, it was almost like you didn't know what you were getting yourself into, mm-hmm. uh, but you were so excited with all this time and all this freedom and all this opportunity to just kind of do a bunch of things that you you know, had thought about doing or maybe considered doing and just rediscovering yourself, so to speak. Um, but um, looking back at it, it would have probably worked out better for myself um, if I would have dabbled uh, my toes into the water and then kind of slowly uh, get in instead of just canning balling right in, <laughs> which is what I feel like I did, which obviously, you know, left some good experiences, left some good stories. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, it allowed me to, you know, be part of this podcast and, you know, give the people some of the personal experiences that I have faced that you have faced. But at the same time, I took some lumps along the way as well. (laughs) It wasn't all peaches and cream trying to adapt to this new world of dating, uh, you know, um, post-marriage. Wow. And, you know, so many people um, probably have a similar experience. I know I sure do. 
Um, I felt like I went from this really slow walk out to run, 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 try to experience as much as I could and, you know, the shortest amount of time, excuse me, possible. <laughs> and I feel like one of the steps that I really would go back and what I feel like I'm telling young Nelson now is really get to know you. Like really dig deep. Um, you know, what are those places that made you pick certain people, certain types of people? Because I really think I had a type, a uh, personality type, not just looks or whatever. Um, and I would tell myself, learn how to trust your own decisions. Mm. The things I think I found as I move forward in dating and, you know, relationship building with people and not just with men, but with all of my relationships, really, when I look at it as a, as a whole, I really put everybody else's desires and needs ahead of my own. And I really didn't trust myself making judgment calls in my life. And that's crazy. I feel like, you know, almost 50 years old and feeling like I didn't know what I wanted enough for. Um, I've, I've been reading some good some good stuff um, by Reverend Ike, who's this, uh, um, he's dead and gone now, um, but he's his writing and his work still lives on, but he talks about making decisions. Like, don't let anybody make decisions for you. You have to choose for yourself. And he says, don't even throw away like what you want to eat. So if someone says, hey, no, Nelson, you want to go out? Where you want to go? He says, make a decision. So even with ice cream, He's like, you know, figure out what they have, make a decision about what you want and never throw it away. Because when, hmm. interesting. Yeah, when you do that, you create this um this energy in your life where other things start to get decided for you. Like you're constantly swept into a place of letting others make decisions for you and really not exerting your own will. You don't you don't really and I know that might sound um, strange that anybody would do that, but there's so many times when I would just go, oh, whatever, uh, whatever you like, uh, it doesn't matter to me. And so you wake up one day and you find yourself sort of in this pool of, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm doing um, because you've decided to be so, you know, laissez-faire and laid back about everything to where you've no longer made any decisions. Um, you know, I do I do coaching as well. And in one of the uh, conversations, some of the conversations, actually it's, it's happened more than once. I've had clients to literally say to me, uh, when I ask them, you know, what is it that you want for yourself out of these sessions? They will literally say to me, I don't know. I've not thought about what I want in such a long time. And so I think how many of us are going around in relationships that we have not thought about like what I want from this person, from this time that I spend with somebody. No, I agree. And I, um, and just to kind of piggyback on what you just uh, stated, it's important to establish those, those, um, those habits, right? Healthy habits. And those little things matter. And 
something that I've learned uh, just from, you know, personal experience and from learning about different things, um, you know, within the dating realm, um, you know, by doing this podcast is that there's usually two types of approaches uh, when it comes to dating that I notice. Mm -hmm. Um, You either have people who are genuinely seeking someone uh, for genuine interest uh, and genuine, you know, approach agenda. And then you have people who are dating because they're trying to fulfill the void that somebody else Mm -hmm. left. So they're just, they're like, Hey, I have all this time. And listen, I've been there. I've I've been on, on both uh, of those rides because uh, obviously, when I first got separated, I wasn't ready for anything serious. I was just looking to go explore the world and you know go out and just do a bunch of things and see what was for me and what wasn't for me, and just you know explore this newfound freedom and also you know figure out you know how I want to go about my new life, basically. Um, but I knew that, um, you know, I wasn't ready to commit to someone for something serious uh, in that separated phase because, number one, um, not ideal timing. And number two, um, there was, you know, the whole di- separation and divorce process was still in the works and pending and, and working itself out. And sometimes with stuff like that, and then you add COVID into the equation, the only thing that matters with that is to let it take its course, basically. Mm. Um, But I, you know, um, I'm willing to look in the mirror and say, yeah, that, you know, I could have approached that a a lot differently and it probably would have saved me um, from some of these scenarios. Uh, and I've had this conversation with people that I'm close to that kind of find themselves in that same predicament. And I always say, Hey, you know, take time to reflect, take time to, um, do some things that you've been wanting to do. You know, if you've been meaning to go to the waterfall then go to the waterfall, if you've been meaning to go, you know, ax throwing then go do that, you know, uh, whether it be because their significant other just wasn't as outgoing, as adventurous as maybe they were, or they just you know had different interests or different desires or different hobbies and all that then uh, you know stepping back can also be an opportunity to step back and focus on yourself and focus on other interests that maybe have intrigued you but you just haven't tackled it because of you know you were so busy focusing on your relationship or your significant other or you know work family stuff or, or whatever the case may be but I will say that when you do uh, start getting those sensations of taking a step back, right, that also requires some accountability. And you have to look in the mirror, right, and say, okay, I need to take a step back because I'm putting myself in certain situations or in this particular situation Mm -hmm. that I'm not either happy or fulfilled or it's not going how I envision. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, just like writing that essay paper and turning it in, right. When you turn it in, you feel like you did a marvelous job. I know, right. (laughs) And then the teacher looks at it and it's covered in red marks because she's like, you didn't put an apostrophe here. You missed the comma here. This sentence don't make sense. Um, This, you know, this, you know, there's a typo (laughs) misspelling. 
So it's hard to call our own bullshit. It really is. Um, so sometimes it's good to open up and have these conversations with people that have our best interests at heart so that they can call out some of the bullshit that maybe either we're afraid to face or we just don't want to admit. And it's black um, even like sometimes we really don't see all of who we are. You know, there's some places that we're just blind to ourselves that other people can see it and call it a little bit easier, just like we can with our friends and family, you know? No doubt. And it, it's hard, right? Yeah. And let, let's be honest, like, it's hard. It's not fun to admit you're wrong, right? <laughs> like, who who enjoys doing that? Like, you know, um, you can name that. You could see that. I've seen that in all walks of life, whether it be managers or, you know, underwriters or, you know, journalists sports radio talk show hosts or whatever right like um they make predictions or you know they make these bold statements and then those things don't work out but they still don't want to walk back what they said so it's 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 hard as a human right to admit yeah i screwed up i screwed the pooch um so that's why sometimes stepping back can be difficult for some people because that's that also comes with admitting and humbling yourself to say hey um I went about this completely wrong and I screwed up. Um, And anytime I hear people, you know, in bad situations or bad relationships, um, I'd like to listen. um, But I also try to be fair. And I also am aware that the truth has two sides and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. So if I only get one side of the story, I always keep that in the back of my mind that, hey, this is just their version of the truth. There's a whole nother version that I don't have. So um, I do take that into account whenever, you know, I have somebody close to me that wants to, you know, have a dialogue about, you know, what went wrong or what they're trying to do or, you know, they're trying to change things up. But it does require looking in the mirror and calling out your own bullshit and sometimes it's difficult well and i think even more to that where you know it sometimes it's such a, a it was right or wrong black or white like even more than that stretching to a place of being vulnerable enough to see just the other person's view like there's no right or wrong in that sometimes it's just we we could not come to the same understanding or we could not come to the same place in terms of what we wanted. Uh, we just could not, you know, get on board the same way about the same things. And so even with the, with the step back, I feel like even sometimes it's not about right and wrong, but sometimes it's about good, better, best. Um, this was good for me in this season, but now I'm in a different space. I'm in a different mindset. I'm in a a healthier version of myself. So what was good feels like it's constricting me and I'm looking for better. So it's like this continual growth um, mindset versus, you know, once I'm at this level, that's where I am until I die. Um, you know, fixed. There's the fixed mindset. There's the growth mindset. And I think sometimes in a relationship, it gets so stagnant 
where things have gotten into the comfort zone. You know, we talk about all the time how to spice up the relationship, but just really looking internally for what is it that I want? What is it that I need to really make this grow, to make this grow me, not just to grow the relationship, but how do I grow inside this space with this person? And if not, like, what am I doing to grow myself? And I think a lot of times we start looking at the other person saying what they ought to do or what they should do or what they need to do in order for us to be different. When sometimes the real, the real responsibility lies at our own feet for like meeting your own needs. I think for me, I, I used to be so needy. Um, I, I really had to admit that about myself and it didn't feel good, but then I started looking deeper. Okay, so if I am needy for someone to spend time with me, where did that hole come from? Like mm. that space get created where I felt like I needed that to be filled by someone with their time, with their attention, you know, whatever. And so asking asking yourself like those kinds of questions, I think can really move you on your journey. Uh, to a healthy relationship if that's what your desire is even if it's a healthy relationship with yourself uh, with your family friends you know a lover whatever husband wife um, but I was like okay so maybe I didn't get all my needs met in my childhood somebody else can't fix that for me um, another relationship with a different person cannot fix those types of things. And I'm really challenging us as listeners, as, you know, people in, you know, potential relationships. Um, maybe you're already in one, but where are you expecting something from your partner that you really ought to be giving yourself? And I've had to look at that. I'll be like really looking at, you know, there are some holes that sex isn't going to fill. There's some holes that, you know, dating and going out and making, you know, some adventurous memories perhaps is still not going to fix whatever I think might be depleted within me um, that has me feeling like I can't settle in and and take root in a situation. Um, I don't know. You know, it's the end of the year. We have, um, we're coming up on, you know, the last 30 days of the year. And it just feels like it's a great time to really reflect on like what worked this year and what needs to be different moving on into 2024. Um, because yeah, you know, we are the relationship cycle and there are going to be points of like growth and, you know, new destinations, but then we're going to revisit ourselves on some of these journeys. And I tell you, I, for one, really want to stop cycling through some of my same behavior mm. get to the good stuff and you know the journey is good in and of itself don't get me wrong but there are some things that I keep hoping for but I feel like I still haven't arrived to what it was I was expecting and so I'm like okay you're the one thing that's the same Nelsa in every situation <laughs> 
No, I get that. And I, I, I think that's a pretty shrewd move to uh, reexamine how you approach things, um, not necessarily just in the scope of dating, but just in your personal life and in your personal relationships, whether it be with friends, family, coworkers, or whatever the case may be. Um, but, uh, you know, we've said this before, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Right. Uh, so sometimes it is good to try different results and it's okay. Um, dating is hot and cold. Dating is like the weather in the Charlotte area. It's, you know, it can be, you know, cool one day and then the next day it's freezing or it feels like fall or summer. Um, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. So you gotta put your seatbelt on and hold on. But it's, um, it's good to be self-aware and to be mindful and that's why, um, you know, whenever I'm seeing a woman, I always like to get a feel for, you know, what have you gone through in your life? What are some of your triggers? What are some of your struggles, some of your traumas so that it can help me understand, right, um, why she moves the way she does or why she would perceive something the way she does, because this is coming from, you know. Mm -hmm. um, deeply rooted things that have marked her life. And once I have that, I can be like, ah, oh, no wonder she's receiving this like this, or she's perceiving this like this. Um, but that requires obviously being a little self-aware, uh, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to open up with that, um, you know, person, as far as, you know, whether you're willing to share that or not. And I get it. Sometimes it's difficult, right? Because, you know, early on, you know, you don't want to give somebody too much and then you dropping a ton of bricks on them. <laughs> and then they're like, man, I don't know what to do with all that. <laughs> yeah. And to become your, your um, therapist in the relationship. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to get them to, you know, see you in a positive light but then when you know you feel like man i'm getting too vulnerable or i'm you know sharing too many details and i don't know how they're going to take it but at the same time right if that is really a part of you and something that has marked you it can also be a great way to get closer with somebody and for somebody to accept you for who you are mm -hmm. um and develop some of that intimacy that we all crave and desire um, with that special person. Well, um, there's a, an article that talks about um, when taking a step back can actually be um, seven signs that you need to take a step back for a stronger marriage or relationship. And hit me, hit me. I want to hear this. Okay. Um, the first thing is, you're too involved in their professional life. Mm. So, you know, work is consuming the relationship conversation, right? You come wow. about is who did this at the job and so-and-so is getting on your last nerves and I want to make partner or, you know, it, the relationship has really lost focus um, for work. And I was that person. I did that. Uh, multiple times in my relationships with different jobs where the stress level got so high and I wasn't really coping with so I take good care of myself when I needed to take a step back and let everybody else have a step back from me 
uh, or with a partner, they say they want to do X or whatever, and I'm their cheerleader asking all these questions, probing and, you know, encouraging. And, you know, it's almost like it becomes my thing as opposed to me just being a supportive partner with their thing. Hmm, very interesting. I would not have thought about that. So that's a that's a, a good thing to keep in mind. You only socialize as a couple. Has that ever Wait, say that again? You only socialize as a couple. Like you don't go out with your friends. You you only go out with the couples. Um, you know, you only go out as a unit. You and- so basically you start to lose your individuality. Is that what I'm hearing? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think we've touched about that in different topics where if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention, you can easily lose your individuality uh, in relationships and dating. And you don't even realize that it's happening to you until it's too late. Right, right. Uh, you tag along uninvited. So I think this one really, especially when you're dating and not married, can be a huge problem. But uh, you just assume because your partner uh, was invited that you're invited also. And it may just be, you know, maybe it's a girl's event. And, you know, your husband thinks everywhere you move, you got to move with him. Or the wife goes to the, you know, the guys only uh, retreat or event. Or whatever, uh, you know. It, this one I've seen with young younger couples, you know, college age especially, where, you know, you don't do anything. Sort of like the, you go everywhere together. But in this case, one of the partners doesn't always want you with them when they go to those functions. They want that time to bond with their friends without you, and just because you become friends with the other person's units. That doesn't mean they want you at everything they do. No, I agree. And sometimes, um, you know, a little space, a little time away is is a healthy thing as long as it's done in short, you know, um, moments. Right. Like um, obviously spending time together and having things in common and, you know, working on your relationship and intimacy is always going to be a focus. But um, I have heard um, from different therapists where they think that healthy space can be a good thing because um, you can get those sensations of, man, I miss uh, her when, you know, she's here, you know, watching our favorite TV show with me or whatnot. Right. Uh, Or man, I haven't, you know, kissed her in three weeks or two weeks or whatever the case may be. So um, that space can definitely be, uh, of benefit um, as long as it's, you know, done, in a, you know, for, you know, healthy, you know, things, not, you know, out of malicious intent or um, back to what you were saying, where somebody feels that they always have to be around their significant other, that can be attributed to dishonesty and trust issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you really got to inspect that if you're still at that place in a relationship then there's obviously still some more healing that needs to take place. The next one is you speak for your partner. So you're answering, oh, we would love to do that. We expect to do this. We, mm. you know, there are those people and oh my gosh, I'm not going to tell you a lot. Those people get on my nerves so bad sometimes. It's just like, honey, if you don't quit talking, 
like you are the puppet of the of the the person you're with or quit puppeting for them or parroting for them that person can speak they have their own mind and sometimes i will individually say you know somebody like oh he doesn't like such and such i was like so do you want such and such and make the man or the woman tell me out their own mouth you know no i don't want that I'm yeah you yeah. <laughs> like i was focused on this person i'm getting to you but then they'll answer you know, for their partner without even giving them the opportunity to speak for themselves. And I think we've touched on this before with different podcasts where you have people that have been in toxic, uh, abusive relationships for so many, you know, such a long time that they wouldn't know what a healthy relationship looks like, even if it hit them dead in the face. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been out, you know, with people or I've, you know, socialized with friends or couples or whatnot. And I see certain behaviors and I'm like, okay, that, 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 that could bring on problems or I could see, or like, you know, if I'll give you an example, right. You know, you go out with a group of friends and you see one of the, um, you know, partners just drinking excessively, right? And then obviously when somebody's drunk, some people act a fool when they're drunk, Absolutely. you know? We'd like to believe that everybody's fun and happy when they're tipsy and drunk, but that, that's not always the case. I've seen the latter where people have had way too much and they act in a fool. And you can tell that, hey, this is not the first time that this has happened because of the way that that person is conducting. It's almost like, ah, oh, I've seen this song and dance before. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and that can be a part of the next one. Um, your partner is getting <clears throat> by little things. Um, you know, like, why do you like that? Why do you comb your hair that way? Why do you, why do you, why do you, you know, it becomes sort of a nitpicky type cadence to the conversation. Um, and that sometimes can be about stress. Uh, can be, you know, there's some overwhelm because other relationships in the, you know, each other's lives are getting overwhelming. And so time together becomes, you know, very stressful for each other. But that definitely is a time to take some time. You know, you the honeymoon phase is definitely over. If you <laughs> properly and have a problem with it, that sounds like a future podcast. That honeymoon phase is that really? Do you think that's a thing? <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely! Yes. Yeah, that that might be a future podcast that we might have to touch into. But I think um, long in the honeymoon phase, and then the you make me so sick phase. Think they about this person who you claim to love? You know, mm. What happened? Um, you call all of the shots in the relationship. You're making all the decisions. Uh, you know, it might be time to pull back a little bit because either number one, uh, you don't really want to be that person, uh, but you're required to make all the decisions. So it leads to fatigue, mental fatigue for one of the partners, or you get to make none of the decisions, which means that person is very controlling and you are being, you know, kind of put in a role of a child when you have a partner who doesn't give you autonomy to make decisions, you know, for the couple's sake or for yourself, you know, uh, that's definitely for me, one of those um, signs that you might need to 
watch this person a little closer. You know, I don't want to call anybody out their name, but uh, we're not going to do that on this show because we don't get down like that. But they might <laughs> be uh, keeping on the, the front of your eyes to see what's going on with them in case you need to call some names. Um, you can't imagine your life without them is another sign. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that's a figure of speech. Sometimes we listen to all these, uh, hall, you know, I won't call any names. I, I started to say a name of some of the movies that come on during the holiday season. Hallmark movies? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I love them. I can't get enough. But life is not like that. Life I get some, I get great sleep when I uh, when I was uh, subjected to watch those movies. Oh, man, that was some of the best sleep on earth, I'll tell you. <laughs> you're so relaxed after all those happy <laughs> but I love those uh, around this time of the year but you know sometimes it puffs these these Hollywood versions of romance really get us to saying stuff that really honestly do you really feel that way you know do you really think that you wouldn't be able to live without this person you don't think that you could move on to another relationship if you broke up if something happened like, that's a lot of pressure and responsibility on the person, man. And, you know, as people, people make mistakes all the time. People mess up every day. People going to disappoint you a lot. And when you put all that pressure on somebody and you set certain expectations and things don't go as expected, man, that fall is going to be hard. Um, so it's, you know, it's good to keep that, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Keep some <laughs> checks and balances that, hey. These expectations are probably not realistic and not healthy. And, um, you know, I had a friend of mine um, tell me that typically uh, depression um, starts uh, from our expectations. Mm -hmm. When you have certain expectations and you have certain visions of what you thought something was going to be. And then when that doesn't materialize that in itself is the root of the problem mm -hmm. um, with a lot of the depression that happens to people. Right. That disappointment and things not happening the way you thought they would in your mind. I have a friend, very wise um, friend who says to me all the time, you know, be in the moment, be in the moment. And it isn't that sort of go with the flow kind of stuff that we talked about. with. <laughs> But with this particular, um, what's behind it, and this is kind of, you know, through conversation and dialogue about, you know, a lot of things, like there's so many times that we're having to plan, you know, what's going to happen with our kids or what's going to happen with our jobs or, you know, you got responsibilities outside of, you know, every place, not just in your home. And so, it, you know, they say anxiety is always worrying about the future, you know, depression is worrying about the past, like you just said. So if we can really get focused enough on being in this present moment, like really actively listening to what somebody is saying to you right now and not letting your mind run away to what you have to do in 10 minutes or an hour, you know, really uh, paying attention to the scenery around you, what things smell like, like really activating your five senses and being steeped in just right here right now as opposed to oh in 10 years we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to we might not be here in 10 years you know one of us may have moved or one of us may have you know god forbid you know transition out of this life so we can't it the pressure like you said kind of starts taking the enjoyment 
and the the good of the situation and we kind of drag it into into this messy trying to put somebody in a role that you've created in your head as opposed to letting them be who they are and then seeing if this plays out with you being you and me being me do we naturally gravitate to each other or do we repel each other and mm. too often when you got that movie going in your head you are missing things that the person is saying you are missing things that the person is doing because you got a filter on and you're up in a cloud in the movie set as opposed to on the boots, you know, down with your boots on the ground, listening actively to what they're telling you. Because honestly, there's so many relationships that I, oh, not so many, I shouldn't say it like it's been a hundred, but you know, there've been some, some very big moments in some of the relationships that I've been in that had I not been projecting what I wanted the future to look like with that person in my imagination, I would have heard them tell me in so many ways, spoken and unspoken, that I was not the one for them. And really, they weren't for me. Mm. So, And I, um, just to kind of add to uh, this segment of conversation, um, whenever I talk to friends, you know, males and females, um, and they're telling me, hey, you know, I've connected with this so-and-so and they seem great. They seem awesome, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. My next question is, have y'all met in person? Yes. And more often than not, they're like, no, but, you know, we talk all the time and I'm going to, you know, see him or her soon. And I'm like, good. Until, until that happens, I would keep your expectations, you know, balanced and leveled mm -hmm. because, one thing is to have great chemistry via text, via voice clips, via FaceTime. And then that in-person interaction, that in-person presence, it could be a completely different ball game. So um, I have to kind of, you know, rain on that parade a little bit just to kind of keep them grounded um, because it's easy to fall into that fantasy world. I'm guilty of it. You know, I've done it before where I'm like, man, you know, we, we talk and have great, you know, conversation, but um, it's easy to lose sight that, Hey, you still haven't met her. So you don't know what that in-person interaction is going to be. And I have been in those situations where the in-person interaction just wasn't the same, whether it be because physically you didn't feel attracted to each other or there just wasn't that natural chemistry that you thought that you maybe had via phone, via FaceTime, via text. So um, it's important to be mindful of it. Uh, and especially with online dating, it's easy to create that fictitious character in your mind. And then that reality check comes in. Well, the first date can be mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like somebody can really <clears throat> up for you for the first for the first date and then never show back up in that same way again so you know again keeping the expectation to you know let me see some more let me see some more let me see some more let me see how consistent this person is but I think again we wouldn't be so bowled over by people being so over the top or being so amazing as we love to say if we have filled our own cup up and not looking for anybody to fill holes for us, if we have really taken time 
to. Are we talking literally or figuratively? Both. Look. <laughs> I was talking about my heart. I want somebody to fill. I want a woman that's going to fill my heart up. <laughs> and like you, you're really again putting pressure on people to. No, I'm I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Obviously, I um I'm I, I've learned from my lumps. I promise. <laughs> I have learned from those lumps that hey, keep those expectations manageable. Keep them reasonable because that way if it doesn't meet the expectations that you have created in your mind at least the fall from grace won't be too hard but um it is important to to keep that in the back of your mind but even in the dating apps right they have like a section where you can pause your profile because i hear women all the time say oh man i'm overwhelmed i get so many messages you know and I tell them, well, you know, you can pause your dating profile, right? So, like, if you, you know, if you just feel like you just got too much going on or you're distracted or it's just not a good time, you can always step back. Just because, um, you know, you're actively open to date, um, but you have other focuses or other things going on, that doesn't mean that you have to stay in that space of, all right, I got to find somebody or else. Because... Sometimes that's not going to be realistic. Sometimes you got other priorities that are, you know, pressing matters that you have to, you know, give your attention to. And yeah, sometimes stepping back uh, or handling your business is going to be more important. And that's okay. It's all right. You can always get back on the dating carousel whenever you feel it's appropriate. Just like the stories, as the world turns, it, it's, it will still be revolving. Really. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm just really glad we touched on this. I just thought, you know, at, at some point, especially as we get near the end of the year, the first of the year, people start, you know, reflecting on what's happened. You start to make some, you know, set some intentions for how you want to move forward. You know, it's a really good time to hit that pause button and just, you know, kind of tap into you, trying to try to see what's worked, what hasn't, do some evaluation. um, And then, you know, proceed as you as you should you know whether it's forward backward side to side however you need to go uh but doing so doing so from an informed place with yourself not just checking in with other people all the time to to kind of get the lay of the land and the you know which way the wind is blowing um but in a sea of mixed metaphors we are glad that everyone joined us this evening and as usual um you can get us on uh, YouTube with the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, uh, Spotify or other uh, podcast platforms such as Apple um, Podcasts, or go to our website, www.therelationshipcycle.com. Uh, we would love to get your feedback. Uh, let us know how we're doing uh, so far in this, our third season um we are already in and moving forward into this new year i can't wait poppy to see what comes uh what comes up for us so until next time hey listen thank you guys so much for supporting us for chiming in with our topics uh please give us likes um or dislikes you know hey if you feel that maybe that topic you know wasn't hitting on nothing or just you know didn't uh really get much of it then let us know so that we can improve because if we don't get feedback hard to improve right hard to look in the mirror and call your mistakes out i listen to the podcast and sometimes i'll be like, oh man i could have 
probably done better here or maybe expressed myself differently. But um, the beauty about our podcast is that none of this is scripted. We literally will have like a five minute interaction about how we want to, you know, cover the topic. And then we just let it flow from the heart and from the mind and from the research that we do. And that's how we do. And we'd like to keep it genuine. We'd like to keep it raw and real. And I think a lot of people appreciate that about us. And I love that a lot of people walk away from the podcast and they feel that they were able to get something that resonated and something that they learned. That is a a fulfilling feeling for me on a personal level to hear people tell me that and not like my mom, like literally like people that I really don't know well. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, thank you to everyone. And um, we'll be back with our last couple episodes for this uh, calendar year. And until then, until ne- until next time, thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Microhound. Uh, you know Xavier Microhound for supporting us and helping us set up our website. Please subscribe. Please follow us on the Relationship Cycle on the YouTube channel. Uh, give us comments. Give us likes. And catch on the flip side and enjoy your holidays. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Thanks for joining us today on The Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Do you have show ideas? Email us at jorgeandnelsa at gmail.com. Follow us on Spotify or anchor.fm for more great shows.